Good morning. Welcome in to the Tuesday Tiger Recruiting Show here on PowerMizzou.com. I am Gabe DeArmond, normally joined by Sean Williams. Not so this week. I'll tell you why here in just a minute. But before we bring our guest on for the week, want to remind you about the one constant about this show. That is Brandon Barnes and USA Mortgage every single Tuesday throughout the year leading up to the beginning of the national or the early signing period next Wednesday. Brandon and USA Mortgage have been our sponsors here. Brandon is a former Mizzou football player and staffer. He is now in the mortgage business and he's going to provide you great customer service, excellent rates and answers to any questions you might have. Uh, that little blue rectangle that's going to be on the screen throughout the show has all of Brandon's contact information, 573-818-2772 or 590-0001. You can also go to showmemortgage.com to get a quote online. And uh, we don't want to spend too much time paying the bills because our guest this week is uh, a little bit busy this time of year. Uh, Rivals.com, uh, relatively new Midwest analyst, Clint Cosgrove, joins us now. And uh, Clint, nothing like jumping into the deep end of the pool, man. And just uh, l let's get going here like two, three months into the job. It's, uh, it it's a week and a half before National Signing Day. Yeah, no, uh, definitely, you know, uh, with my old job, signing day was kind of my day, my day off, <laughs> you know, uh, the, the, the hay was in the barn, as they say, and, you know, my job was done, I was on to the, the next classes, uh, now on this side of things, uh, you know, every flip, every, you know, coaching change this year, uh, it was, it was certainly a, a fun time to dive in, it's been very interesting. <laughs> No question, and we, we might talk about some of that national stuff toward the end, but uh, obviously Missouri's the, the what we cover 99% of the time, and the, and the reason we're having you on, uh, you cover a lot of these guys locally that Missouri is, is going to be signing here in just, I guess, eight days. And before we get into any specifics about the class or anything, just want to ask you, hey, you're you're on the road, you're talking to a lot of these kids and coaches, What what's the feedback you've gotten about Eli Drinkwitz and the staff he has here in Columbus? Columbia and the, the job they've done over the last couple of years? Yeah. So on the recruiting front, uh, there's a huge buzz. It, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's drastically different than what we've seen in the past, uh, past years. Uh, you know, one of the big, you know, the big things for the, the high school coaches, the high school players, especially in the St. Louis area is that they were not a priority. Um, in the past, Missouri uh, wouldn't be the first to offer. Uh, they would kind of wait on kids and, you know, you as a result, you saw the elite talent leave the state. Uh, and in order to win at Missouri, and there is elite talent, you've got to keep that at home. And so just talking with the kids, especially the kids in St. Louis, there's a different feel about it. Um, you know, they feel connected to Coach Drink. They feel like he cares about them, and he's made them a priority. And, uh, you know, the, it, the results, I mean, you see the results of it. You know, kids are talking Missouri football. Big time kids are talking Missouri football. And there's just a different feeling in the air about recruiting in the area. And you mentioned kind of how that's a change. And, and I want to let people know or, or have you let them know. I mean, you've only been with us a few months, but you're pretty familiar with this area. I mean, I, it, you know, your dad worked a couple of places and, and came in and took a lot of kids out of St. Louis that Missouri wanted over the years. So just kind of give Missouri fans, you know, the, the history there and your familiarity with it even even before you started here. 
Yeah. So even growing up, um, you know, I was a football junkie. I was a recruiting junkie. I would sit there. Uh, I would go on my dad's recruiting trips and like sit in the car if my mom would let me and I didn't have school. So uh, my dad recruited the St. Louis area for University of Wisconsin and he recruited it hard. And the kids who uh, they signed at Wisconsin had so much success. I mean, you go back to Terrell Fletcher uh, out of Hazelwood East back in the 90s. He was part of their first Rose Bowl team. I mean, you guys. Uh, you know, uh, Scott Starks, who I played with, uh, you know, went on to the NFL. Uh, you've got, um, you know, uh, Aaron Gibson. Uh, there, I mean, just countless NFL guys. Jamar Fletcher, Thorpe Award winner. Uh, those Wisconsin teams, their their stars were from were from the St. Louis area and Missouri as a whole. So I grew up understanding how important that is. Uh, to win a championship uh, for a Midwest team. And, um, you know, then I went on to coaching and then I recruited the St. Louis area and always won my, you know, it, it made it easy that my dad had made some some pretty good inroads there over the years. Um, so that was a very enjoyable experience for me. And then when I got to uh, college or when I got out of coaching and got into scouting, that was one of my prime areas. That's where uh, my clients uh, you know, the, especially the St. Louis area, not as much Kansas City, but some Kansas City. Um, I spent a lot of time in St. Louis in those high schools, identifying those kids early. And uh, so I've, uh, one thing I definitely feel comfortable talking is the state of Missouri football prospects uh, and and really just the future of it. I, I, I get how it works there. Yeah. And, and we didn't even mention, and, and I don't know where he fell in the timeline as far as you being at Wisconsin or your dad, but uh, the, the best Wisconsin player from the state of Missouri, probably a kid named Monty Ball. You know, he, he did some things up there. <laughs> so oh, just, just a few things, scored yeah. a few touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. Missouri fans familiar with that, but happy to see the tide turning, obviously. So just the, this class as a whole, I mean, I looked at it this morning, uh, Drinkwitz has the 15th ranked class in the country, which is like, I get, uh, I get crap on our board and, and frankly, I deserve it because I've told people forever, like, look, you can't recruit a top 15 class here because the way these rankings work, the way kids go to certain places, I can tell you who the top 12 teams in the country are going to be in recruiting rankings every year. And it's just not realistic for Missouri to be there. Well, I, I guess I was wrong. I mean, uh, you know, he seems like headed for the top 15. Yeah. <laughs> So what, what was the question? I'm so sorry. No, what what is the difference? I mean, why is why is he doing something that nobody else has done before at Missouri? From day one, he made it a priority. I think before he took the job, he identified, and you know, part of this is my opinion, and uh, but you have to win the state of Missouri if you're going to compete at an elite level in the SEC. I mean, you look at guys like Jamison Williams at Alabama, uh, you know, Zeke Elliott, if you go back, like these are championship caliber players who can win you a championship. Those kids in the past have been going elsewhere. So from day one, Drink came in and, you know, they go by Coach Drink. Like it, it sounds like they're friends with him. And I think they are. So he made it a priority. He hit, you know, made went around the state. Uh, got to know the coaches, uh, let the kids know from day one that they are a priority and we can win a championship if we get all of you. We can't lose a high percentage of these Missouri kids um, because, you know, whereas Alabama, if they lose a, a kid in their state, 
They'll just go to a different state and take a top kid from there. You know, Missouri's got to hit at a very high percentage. And he knew that. And he's a relationships guy. He's gone in, he's made the relationships, and he's made the kids feel important. And there's a buzz about it. All right, so I want to ask you about some of the individual guys. This might have been the furthest we've gotten into a recruiting show in the last three months without talking about Luther Burden at all. So uh, I have said, look, I, you know, I'm not I, – I don't scout. That's not my background like you. So I've always said if I go watch a kid play or I go watch a kid at a camp and he's truly a five-star kid, I better be able to watch a game and go, oh, well, I know which one he is, even if he – like his name's not, not on his jersey, right? Had that experience with Sheldon Richardson. I walked into a camp with 500 people. I said, I don't really know who that guy is, but I know he's better than the rest of them. Same with Blaine yeah. Gabbert. And so I went to East St. Louis's season opener this year, and like Luther didn't touch the ball for the first couple drives, and I'm like, come on, I just need something to happen. And the first time he touched the ball was an 85-yard punt return for a touchdown, and, and three months later, teams are still, some for some reason, kicking him the ball. But where's that kid on it. the list of you know, guys you've seen at, at least kind of in this area as far as skill position players? I mean, I know he's the number six kid in the country, and, uh, and from what I've seen, absolutely every bit deserving of the ranking. Yeah, I would say the one the one word to describe Luther is he's different. He's uh, he's a different mentality. He's a different level of athleticism. Uh, when he sees that ball, you know, he's going to make something happen. And his mentality, I think, is one of the biggest things. This kid is mature beyond his age and football is his life and he plays like it. The first time that I met Luther was at Cardinal Ritter his freshman year, and I knew he was a baller. He was a little smaller back then. And I remember him coming in, and he was a little quiet. Um, but the kid could always play from day one. And then you look at his development over the past few years, uh, just his psyche, his, his physical skill set. Um, you know, he, just everything about him is special. He can take a game over. He is one of the best high school receivers that I have ever seen. He is college ready right now, physically, athletically, mentally. Um, now, to make a comparison from the area, I would say he is on the level of a, of a guy like Jameson. They're just different players. Jameson is a long, straight line speed guy where Luther's a guy who can take the two-yard hitch the house every time. He can return the kicks, the punts. Um, you know, he's dangerous with the ball in his hand. He's great after the catch. He's just, he's a special player. And as far as projecting, you know, a, a, a future receiver, he's as safe as it gets, in my opinion. I mean, this kid is ready to go and compete day one. So it, because you know St. Louis, I can make this comparison. And I have fought this comp with so many guys that have come to Missouri in the last 15 years. But the one that comes to my mind is Jeremy Macklin. I think, I mean, similar size. Yeah, I think I think Luther maybe is faster, but I think he's got that kind of ability to make an impact. What what do you think about that comp? Oh, 100 percent. Um, yeah, I, I I think you know Luther might be a little bigger. He's a little more he's a little smoother, actually. I don't think he's as twitched up laterally as Jeremy. Um, but I think he's uh, and I don't want to say better after the catch. Let me say better in traffic after the catch you know he can make that first guy you know he can break tackles and whereas you know Macklin was really twitched up he's you know he'd always be open and um Luther's a combination of all of that uh but I think his just his physical skill set demeanor 
Um, but same caliber of player, if you ask me. I mean, he's a big time kid. Now, uh, I want to ask you about about some of these other guys, and uh, you know, if you. It, He's not in your area, so I, I don't want to put you on the spot here, but uh, the nationally ranked kids we all kind of know about, um, you know, what have you seen out, out of the guy that Missouri hopes is throwing Luther the ball in Sam Horn? Um, I've not seen a ton of him besides the rankings meetings and what I have uh, heard about him. I've heard great things about him. Um, our, our Georgia guy, who was also fairly new, uh, you know, he – uh, just from talking to him, because uh, I want to be familiar with the class, but I don't have time to watch all those kids in all the other areas, but I have heard great things about him. Sorry, I had myself on mute. I've only been doing this for like two years, and I still don't understand the technology, <laughs> apparently. But um, back to back to the the Midwest kids, um, the, the St. Louis guy that I think outside of Luther is getting the most hype and the most talk from Missouri fans is Marquise Gracial, the the defensive tackle from St. Charles. I mean, sometimes you just see a kid and you go, well, I don't know how they're going to let a 28-year-old be a freshman in college next year, but that's kind of what it looks like to me. He's a grown man. He is. Um, and I think what I really like about him is his size. You know, a lot of those guys you see uh, at his size playing on the offensive line. Um, but if you got feet like that and you twitched up like that, um, you know, he, he brings that size component, but also the athleticism of one of those smaller defensive linemen. Um, I love the way, uh, you know, he uses his length to shed blocks. You know, he's always in the quarterback's face. He's always disrupting the line, line of scrimmage, whether it's knocking it back on rundowns or he brings an interior pass rush to his game. It is hard to find interior pass rushers. You know, a lot of the time you're looking for guys who can eat up gaps at that position. You're looking for guys who, you know, can maybe disrupt uh, the line of scrimmage every now and then take on pullers, double teams, you know, let the linebackers play free. When you look at a guy like him, he can do all of that, but then also he can rush the passer and he can be extremely disruptive. And the thing that I like most about him is from a football perspective, he is just scratching the surface. You could almost say that he's a little raw. And to be as dominant as he is, uh, the ceiling there is, is about as good as it gets. Um, he, you know, he kind of reminds me of another St. Louis guy, kind of like a Wendell Bryant um, coming out of, uh, you know, coming out of high school. Wendell was kind of, you know, similar uh, size, skill set, all that. When you guys are, are doing rankings and you're trying to, to assign something to a kid like like Marquise who, look, he's he's not playing the highest level competition, obviously. I mean, the one the one I always talk about, when Doriel Green-Beckham was the number one receiver in the country, I watched him play, and I'm like, yes, I can see that he's 6'6", and he's a freak, but he's literally playing defensive backs that look like me, right? So I can't tell yep. how good of a football player he is. So when you're looking at Marquise against the level of, of competition that he plays, how hard is that to project? Okay, is this a guy that can do this against an SEC offensive line in a year or two? Yeah, I mean, all recruiting is projecting. Um, uh, kind of the, the two things that I think of when I, you know, talk, go the competition route and, and that sort of thing is, well, are they dominating the competition? Because they can't choose the competition. But if it's, you know, if it's a lower level of football, they better be dominant and they can't have a game 
against some average team, you know, especially like a defense alignment or something going up against a five, nine center, like they better dominate that game. So I look for that. Do they dominate the competition they play because they cannot control it? The one thing that we are lucky to have, you know, this day and age in recruiting is there's a lot of, for skill kids, national level seven on seven stuff. So I see the kids film, I see them in pads. Um, then let's see how they go against the top competition. Um, do they win one-on-ones against a four-star corner from Florida? You know, are they able to compete? Do those guys get in their heads? So you can get that athletic evaluation and just see how they line up against top talent a lot of the time on the seven-on-seven circuit or camp circuit. There are so many camps, uh, you know, from our rivals camp to local camps that are put on by, you know, training places to national level camps. Um, So that is also a big part of it because, uh, you know, you can only control the competition so much. And that is a way to see how they do play against, you know, guys who are better than they're used to playing against. Sometimes it is a slap in the face when some of these kids go and and not saying that they can't be good later on, but they have to evolve to play at that level. It's a different speed, kind of like going from high school to college. Uh, And so, but you see guys who play against horrible competition, but they know that they're an alpha dog and they'll go into these camps and they'll dominate too. So it's all projecting in recruiting. Um, We use what we know from past, whether it be measurables, uh, mentality, uh, bend, you know, part of my job is evaluating body mechanics. And, um, you know, so you, you do as much as you can, but there's only so much you can control in terms of competition. Right. Um, we got about 10 minutes left here and I want to save a couple at the end to talk about some of these 2023, uh, kids in the area, but, um, a couple more on, on Missouri's 2022 class. I know before Luther burden made his announcement before anybody was sure he was coming to Missouri. Um, you know, I was told, Hey, Missouri really wants Luther burden, obviously. And he would be the, the crown jewel of this class. But they're actually perfectly happy if their receiver class is Makai Miller and Jamarian Wayne. Um, what can you tell us? And, and I don't know if you've had a chance to see either of those kids in person, but oh, yeah. but what can you tell us about those guys? So Jamarian was a kid that I was really high on from a young age. Um, and I think, you know, you get enamored with uh, with size, especially when you get these tall receivers at a young age. Uh, but there was just something different about him because a lot of these young receivers with height and length, yeah, they're going to be raw. They're going to be getting used to their body. But he, his ability, you just saw him go out there and just the body control, uh, you know, the, the ability to adjust to the ball, the ability to stretch the field, the ability to catch the underneath routes in traffic. You know, he's just physically blessed. And at the same time, like he brings a skill set and he's, he's, he's just scratching the surface of what he can be. Um, but he brings a great skill set and size to a position that you have to win at, um, you know, in the SEC. Uh, and, and then with Makai, yeah. um, you want me to talk about him? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, you know, Makai's kind of that other type of receiver. He's more in the Luther, Bol- uh, you know, Luther Burden role. Or, uh, you know, mold. <laughs> That's what I was looking for. He's more in that mold. Um, you know, he's a guy who, uh, you know, he'll, he'll contribute on all special teams when he's there. Uh, you know, he's got some speed to him. He's not small by any means. Um, so he's kind of when when you're trying to put together a, a, a receiving class, he's the complement to the Jamari on Wayne. And then you got the Luther who can play anywhere across the board. So you're talking 
maybe, you know, Jamarion on one side at X, and then maybe you got, uh, you know, Luther over there on the ball, or maybe Luther's moving to the backfield or he's in the slot. You know, Makai can do a lot of that stuff too, but I just feel the combination of the three, you've got a group on the field with some flexibility of what you can do with them. And then you've got three different skill sets. And so you can find a way to expose defenses when you've got, okay, maybe they're good at guarding the big receiver and just, or they can, you know, roll a guy over the top to, uh, you know, take away burden. Uh, well, then you got Makai who can, you know, make up for, for that. So it, it's a, I don't know if it was meant to be that way. I know they've got guys that they take as slots and, and uh, on the ball receivers and stuff like that. But that combination, it's like a perfect 11 personnel uh, and for those who aren't familiar with that one tight end, one running back, three receivers, but like that, that's your ideal 11 personnel in a class. Uh, the, the most important position for Missouri in this class probably was offensive line. I mean, they, they had to restock that. So, uh, I'm just going to give you a choice they had four guys. They're all relatively from the area and Armand Mimbo, Tristan Wilson, uh, Deshaun Woods and Valen Erickson. I mean, is, is there one of those guys that, that stands out to you as, as, Hey, this, this is a guy I, I could really see doing some big things. Yeah, so they all bring a different skill set to the board. Uh, to the board, really, even though they might play similar positions. Um, I'm most familiar with Valen because he's from Chicago. I live in Chicago. I've seen Valen play since he was a freshman. I've seen him in you know ten plus camps. I've seen him in games. Um, I really like Valen because he's twitched up. He's a technician. His lateral movement is really good. He works his hands. You see him in the camps and in drill work. It is very impressive. Um, the one thing that he'll have to develop is that mean streak. Um, and not saying he's not a tough, mean kid. It's just, he's more of a, you know, the quieter kid and, the you know, the unassuming kid. And then all of a sudden, you know, you put him on the field and it's really impressive. Uh, kind of um, I, go ahead. Sorry. I could cover the other ones too. Yeah. Oh, sure. Are, That's great, like man. The more okay. information, the better. Um, yeah. Going down the next one would be okay. Deshaun Woods. Um, you know, he's more of a, he's that athletic kid right now. He's like a, a bull in a China shop, great feet, um, you know, uh, you know, plays hard, you know, motor runs hot. Uh, he's a physical kid. Uh, he can get to second level blocks. He's going to be able to pull, um, you know, he needs to develop his hands and, and, and become a little more of a technician. Whereas like Valen might be a little more advanced that way. Uh, you know, he's more of a, I almost see him like, you know, a pulling, a pulling tackle or pulling guard. You know, he's got that footwork and he's going to be able to work to the second level and take out second level defenders. Um, Tristan Wilson, his strength is run block. A lot of that could be because of the offense that they're in, but he's got great bend. He fires off the ball um, and gets after defense alignment. So I like that about him. Uh, Membu, uh, I, I just think he's a high ceiling kid. Uh, he's a great looking kid. Um, and, uh, you know, he's a guy that I think in a couple of years you could see making a major impact. All right. So uh, along the offensive line, uh, kind of theme, I guess, 2023 in this area, you, and, and you talked about Missouri's need to dominate the state, Caden Green, <laughs> Logan Reichert, Miles McVeigh, all within a couple hours of campus, all top 100 kids, you know, um, I mean, is that kind of the next Thing that Missouri fans need to be watching like okay these are the three and if they can go what two for three there it's a, a raving success yeah I mean if you can get one you're going to be happy but uh you know two 
you know, there's going to be three kids like that down in the Southeast that, you know, Alabama or Georgia are going to get every year. So if you can get all three of them, all of a sudden you're putting yourself in a position where not only are you getting the same level of players, you're getting the same amount of them at the position. And that's why I talk about it being so important to hit 100% at home. I mean, Caden Green, Logan, I mean, Logan is a massive human being. You know, I've, he started as a freshman. I remember I was on a recruiting trip to the Kansas City area, and everybody was talking about him. And the kid was just a beast. You know, he was younger, but he was still athletic, but he was getting used to his frame. And then you see his development. It's incredible. That kid can be dominant. Caden Green's he's just different. Um, Caden Green is different. Uh, he's got that impressive, that NFL look to him. Uh, you know, he'll, he'll become a, a dominant pass blocker just with his ability to get back in space and get off the ball and use his hands and length. Um, and then Miles McVay. Uh, you want to talk about a guy who would be in, important to sign for a number of reasons. One, because, well, he is massive and he can move. But you talk about a great kid and a kid who is going to be a face of the program eventually, and he's going to recruit other guys with him. And I think you have a very good chance at Miles. I first saw Miles at a camp in eighth grade. When I found out he was an eighth grader, I was like, oh, my God. And, uh, you know, uh, with my old job scouting, I would take pictures next to the kids so that the, the college coaches could kind of get an idea of what they look like. And I just started texting. I was like, you got to see this. They're like, geez, where is he at? How did we miss on him? I was like, well, you missed on him because he's an eighth grader. And then you talk about the ability to go with it. I mean, at his size, his footwork uh, is, is really impressive. He's gotten his weight to a place where you can tell he's working hard. Um, you know, uh, you rarely hear this with, but the lower he can be weight wise, I think the better off he will be. Um, and there's just, there's a lot to love about him and his ceiling is through the roof. The kid's a competitor. Um, and he can also, so you go three for three on those you're cooking, you're cooking with oil. We got about two minutes left here. So I want to hit two quick things with you. First of all, Missouri's only commitment in 2023 right now, tight end Brett Norfleet. This is a place that has a little bit of history with the tight end position, but it's been a minute. Um, you know, Missouri fans obviously would love it if Brett Norfleet is the guy who kind of gets back to some of that. Is is that his skill set to be a receiving threat, or is he a little bit more of, I guess, a traditional tight end? Um, I think the, the thing that you really like about him is he can be both. Um, you know, he is an athlete. I mean, the guy's going to be a baseball player, too. I mean, um, and that just shows you the level, uh, the level of skill that he has, the level of overall athleticism. So the thing that I do love about him is he's a guy who you can split out. He's, he, he plays like a receiver. Um, and he's got that frame to grow into an on-the-ball guy that can not only catch the ball, uh, be a mismatch for linebackers and stretch the field, uh, you know, box them out, uh, you know, on, on short, uh, you know, third and short plays, uh, be, a, be an end zone threat, a mismatch in the end zone. But he's also a guy that you can get out there and maybe if, uh, you know, teams in a nickel package, you can split them out. And all of a sudden you've got a 5'10 type trying to cover them. And he, he'll just he'll big brother them. So he, he's got some development as far as, his, uh, you know, strength and mass and all those things. But the skill set is there and the frame is there to become that guy. And he does have a lot of upside.
you know, it's all about projecting, but you got to love his upside. You got to love that he plays baseball. Um, not that there's any skill, you know, turnover with it necessarily, but it just shows you the level of skill and how elite of an athlete this kid is capable of being. Uh, back to 2022, kind of to, to start to wrap up, uh, I think you and I both expect DJ Wesselak to commit to Missouri next week. I think we both put in our future casts or whatever you call it for that. Um, we did. So I, he's been a really kind of hot button kid around here. I mean, you know, there's 50 offers listed and maybe he can't go to 50 places, but obviously there's some potential there. Is is that a kid that, hey, you just look at the the kind of frame and the athleticism and you say, he's not there yet, but if he gets in the right place in a couple of years, he could be? Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, that's why it is probably important for Missouri to get him. Uh, you know, you talk about an in-state guy, and especially this late on, I mean, how many places is Missouri going to be able to go and get a kid that looks like that with that tough upside, you know? So uh, I think his potential is almost elite. I, I really do. Um, it's just things are going to have to fall into place, and uh, he's going to have to de uh, develop, you know, physically, uh, athletically, um, you know, adjust to college and make a, a smooth adjustment there. And, you know, just in my talkings with him, he's a nice kid. He, he wants to do well. He wants to please people. And I really think you get him into a college program where coaches are getting after him and then he's developing in the weight room. Uh, I do think if he pans out, he can be a very, very good player. And he's a kid that would be a big addition. I don't care what anybody says to Missouri. I think he's an important get for them. All right. So I promise this is the last one. And this is uh, kind of going backwards a little bit and putting you on the spot. But uh, you've talked about seeing a lot of these Missouri kids, you know, three and four years ago. The most uh, talked about player on this year's Missouri football team from from our subscribers and fans is Tyler Macon. Um, did did you ever did you see him much in high school and like long term? Do you look at that kid and see you know big time SEC quarterback or are there some question marks there? So I probably saw Tyler play in two or three games in high school and probably seven or eight camps and. As a younger player, um, I didn't know if he was going to be big enough. I didn't know. There was just a lot of questions about him, as there is with all young quarterbacks. Within a single year, and I don't remember if it was sophomore to junior year or junior to senior year, his mechanical development as a, as a passer and then the athletic ability to go with, like if he was 6'4", he might have been one of the top, top, top rated quarterbacks there is because his arm strength, accuracy and competitiveness were things that I really liked. I mean, the kid could, you know, he could sling it and he was very good at, you know, at touch throws, deep throws underneath. He knew when to use his strength. He knew when to, you know, put he, he, the ball placement, back shoulder throws, but his development was just so impressive. Whereas if he could continue to develop at that level, yeah, I think the sky's the limit for him. Uh, is he necessarily the prototype of an SEC quarterback of what you're used to? No. But, you know, a lot of these guys from, you know, it, Aaron Rodgers to Ryan Fitzpatrick to, you know, it's just a crapshoot at the quarterback position. Um, there are so many variables, but I do believe that he can be a very good quarterback. All right. Well, Clint, I know you're busy, man. Appreciate the time. I'm always impressed with it. Like 
I barely know enough to to cover one team's recruiting. I'm always impressed with you guys who can just tick off kids from like 75 high schools. So thanks for the time, man. Much appreciated. Yeah, no, I appreciate you having me. I'd love to come back sometime and uh, best of luck with everything. Thank you. All right. Sounds good, buddy. Thanks for the time. That is Clint Cosgrove, the rivals.com Midwest analyst and uh, appreciate his time. And, and seriously, I mean, these these regional and national guys, they're like computers. And, and I hope you guys enjoyed kind of a different perspective. We gave Sean a week off, wanted to bring Clint in for for a little bit of an outsider perspective on uh, Missouri's class and some of the efforts going forward. So appreciate his time. Appreciate you guys being here. Do me a favor on the show. Hit the like button. Subscribe to the channel on your way out. If you're listening to the podcast, which I'll put up in, in about an hour here, uh, just give us a nice review and spread the word about what we are doing. Also spread the word about Brandon Barnes there. Uh, his picture is on the screen. He's the one that's a, it's a still shot, not the one talking uh, and the one who also looks like he could have played division one football at some point, unlike myself, but Brandon now in the mortgage game, he is a mortgage banker over at showmemortgage.com USA mortgage. Uh, you can get in touch with him at showmemortgage.com. Get an online quote. Brandon's going to give you great customer service. He's going to give you all kinds of, uh, rates and options and, and give you the best thing, best choices that you can have if you are looking to buy a new house, refinance, whatever it is you might want to do. And guess what? He also might talk a little bit bit of Mizzou football recruiting with you. He uh, he knows plenty about it and has for a long time since he signed way back in, uh, well, I don't want to say. It was a couple of years ago. But get in touch with, uh, with Brandon, uh, 573-818-2772. 573-590-0001. We will do this show one more time uh, next Tuesday prior to it will be the day before the early signing period starts. Sean will be back with me then. We should have a little bit, uh, probably some more on the board, a little bit better idea what Missouri's going to sign on Wednesday. So we will do this show on signing day eve. And obviously we will have you fully covered uh, next Wednesday through Friday. So thanks for watching, guys. Thanks again to Clint Cosgrove. And we'll talk to you later on.